business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers gotta fun. Come to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? It is 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You've got THT Movie Review. I am Boxman. Right across from me is Anthony. What's going on, bro? What's going on? Not much, man. I am very excited, though, to be doing this movie. Uh, We put it out there a few weeks ago. It got a couple votes, but not enough. It lost by a small margin. And um, tonight we decided to do it. We are, of course, talking about the 1978 Animal House. Animal House. Mm. Um. Yes. Yes. Not. Not. You know. No. No other kind of house, but Animal House. Uh, 1978 movie. Uh, the first of the original National Lampoon's movies before it got. Uh, Bought out by uh, ridiculous companies, and literally after, let me see here, what year was that? They got, um, give me two seconds here, 1993, <clears throat> they got bought out by a company called J2 Communications, National Lampoons did, and um, that's kind of where they went down, Anthony. That's kind of where, let me just give you an an idea of... Uh, 
trickery they tried to pull on us here. National Lampoon's Animal House, like I said, first movie. We go from that to National Lampoon's Class Reunion. Not the greatest, not the worst, didn't get much. Uh, National Lampoon's Movie Madness. Now, this is where we get into the ones everyone knows and loves. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, European Vacation, and Christmas Vacation. Uh, Christmas Vacation is actually on my list of Christmas movies to play at least one time during Christmas time. Um, Now, that was the original company right there. Just those, you know, six movies. J2 Communications bought them, and we started getting movies like Loaded Weapon 1. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely get where you're coming from, but (laughs) I'll be honest. Some of those, uh, I would say, uh, mid-90s, early 2000s National Lampoons. (laughs) The only one that I liked was uh, Van Wilder in 2002, which was still J2 Communications. And then in 2003, a conglomerate not only took the company over, but actually bought the rights to the name and called themselves National Lampoons. Uh, We didn't get many good ones from 2003 to now. Uh, 2015 was their last one. I gotta admit, I haven't seen any of these new ones. Not even the, uh, the Van Wilder 2. I didn't even know there was a Van Wilder 2 until this moment. Wowzers. Did you know there was a Van Wilder 2? Uh, yeah. I want I, I want to say I did see it. I think it's called The Rise, the, the Rise of Taj. Yes, it is The Rise of Taj. I mean, it's not as memorable. I, I do recall seeing it. It's not as memorable as the first one, mm-hmm. but eh. Dumb fun. I, uh, Shaheen's in the chat saying it was terrible terrible so uh i'll take his word for that and but i will probably still have to check it out i'll probably still have to check it out we know i like some of these sucky movies um the first fan wilder was shit but i liked it um obviously one tie into this movie that we're speaking of animal house tim matheson plays the father of uh, Van Wilder in the movie, and he also plays Otter in Animal House. So you go from, you know, he's kind of a uh, legend, if you will, for National Lampoons. Tim Matheson is. He does show up in a lot of their movies. Yeah, so kind of. I guess he's kind of like that. Uh, he's the bridge. He bridges the gap. Since unfortunately, we lost so many of the guys from the original. Yeah, and, you know, I guess we can go ahead and, you know, since you just mentioned the cast, we can go ahead and mention uh, some of the cast. We'll go through a few here. Tom Hulse, in the movie, he's uh, uh, credited as Thomas Hulse. He played Larry Kroger, who turns out to be Pinto in the movie. Um, Give you a few facts on that a little bit later. Stephen First, who recently, just uh, like recently this year, passed away, played Kent Dorfman, who becomes Flounder. Uh, Mark Medcalf is Niedermeyer, the dickhead, ROTC, head of the Delta House. Uh, we'll get into the Delta House. It's the rival house of uh, of these guys. So uh, we'll, we'll get, actually, he's not head of the Delta. He's head of the Alphas, excuse me. 
Uh, so we'll get into all that. We got Mary Lewis Weller, who was in this movie, Martha Smith, J- uh, Kevin Bacon. Uh, this was his first movie. The legend was born. The legend was born. I'll give you a little fact about that in just a second after I mention um, Karen Allen. This was also her first movie, who was uh, Peter Riegert, who's also in this movie. She played Peter Riegert's uh, girlfriend, sort of. Um, so, you know, she was in this movie. Donald Sutherland was in this movie. Who looked uh, old back then. Oh, I, I, dude. That Him guy. and Sean Connery, I swear to God. They, they, I, I have never seen them look young. <laughs> no, they were born fucking old, dude. <laughs> they were born old. Uh, Bobby, man, I wish... I, I, I keep trying to actually call you and add you to this call. And I, for some reason, it won't even let me do that. So, I apologize, man. I'll figure out... Hopefully what's going on and we'll get you on. Uh, anything you want to say, post it in the chat. I know it won't be your voice, but uh, I will say it for you, sir. And uh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, there's the cast. Obviously, John Belushi is in this movie. Now, a little crazy fact about uh, Kevin Bacon. Give me two seconds here and I'll get that fact pulled up. I want to get it correct. Uh, hold on here. Let me get his name. All right. As this was Kevin Bacon's first role, when he went to the premiere, he wasn't allowed to sit with the rest of the cast uh, because the ushers didn't believe that he was in the movie. He actually had to sit in the back with everyone else. <laughs> Boy, who has the last laugh now? Kevin Bacon is a fucking huge star. But, uh, yeah, this was his first movie. Doesn't have a huge role, but has a very quotable line. Whether you know it or not, thank you, sir, may I have another? Yes. Is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. And I and I, and I got to say, his facials were tremendous. <laughs> oh, dude, this, this, you know, Bod, Bod is saying in the chat, saying he thinks of Tremors. I think of Footloose when I when I hear Kevin Bacon. It's the only movie I like. I, I that was such a good uh, an iconic movie, and I, and I'm older than Bod, so that that might have a lot to do with it. But uh, you know, everyone thinks of someone else a different movie when they hear of an actor. Yeah, you know, I don't know for some reason Kevin Bacon. I thought you would have said something like the air up there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, he has a small cameo in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is a memorable part. Um, but, you know, Footloose is probably his, I guess, his biggest role. Yeah. His his most notable role would be Footloose. Um, you know, I mean, he he's still doing fucking movies today, this guy. Luckily, I mean, he just did... Uh, what was the last movie I remember he did was that movie oh, with Jeff Daniels and Ryan Reynolds, uh, the 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 cops in heaven. Not ringing a bell for me. Well, was it was it like a straight to DVD type movie? No, it wasn't. Give me, you know what? While we're doing this, I'll type in uh, Ryan Reynolds' name. I'm sure I can get it. Sort of relevant. I mean, you know, we're in a... Uh, he was in Van Wilder, a National Lampoon's movie. 
But uh, oh, it's like something PD. Give me a sec. I'll get it in just a second here. Because it was a recent movie, so it's not going to be too far down the list. So, while you're looking up that, let me ask you something about Kevin Bacon. All right, I got it here. R.I.P.D. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. No, no. Would you say, like, uh, in the uh, annals of movie history that he's, like, a top ten asshole on film? Because he just has, like, that great douchebag-type face. Even when he's supposed to be the good guy, I can't help but get douche chills looking at him. I don't think so. And from what you hear, he's, like, the nicest dude in the world. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not talking yeah, about his real yeah, life persona. Nah, he doesn't, about... I mean, he doesn't have, like, a, you know, to, a, 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 the Miz face or anything. <laughs> I mean, he, he he does have that sort of Tom Cruise, good-looking, everything's-been-handed-to-me face. Uh, I'll give you that. But uh, I, I don't really see him as being a, a, a douchey kind of And, yeah, Doug, you were right, R.I.P.D., um, so yeah, but yeah, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but, um, hard to believe this was his first movie, especially when you see the, the role he has in it. But as a first movie, this was probably, Dang. I mean, this isn't a bad movie to have as your first movie. This is the original National Lampoons, which obviously he didn't know what he was getting into, but nobody did. I mean, if you really think about it, the movie was made compared to what it made. This movie was like, wow. I don't think anybody, even the, the studio, the people that was making it, I don't really think they really knew that they, what they were sitting on top of. No, I mean, this movie had a, what, $2.5 million budget, I think I read? Yeah, I, th- I want to say it was made on like $3 million in that range. Two, right. three million. Uh, yeah, you know, same thing. But, I mean, it's... It, it, uh, do, you, do you have the, uh, the box office up there? And the DVD sales, I'll say this, still going on today. I won't lie and say I bought this movie less than two years ago. I bought it. Honestly, I bought it around 2008, 2009. They had a 30th anniversary uh, DVD set that I said, fuck it, I got to pick this up. (laughs) I walked into a store to buy a movie for someone else as a gift, and it was sitting there. It was that that anniversary edition, and I I grabbed it. It was like 1999. I'm like, fuck, it's worth it. Yeah. It's yeah, I, I do have the budget here. It's uh, it was made on three million, okay. and it made a hundred and forty one point six. Now, mind you, we're talking nineteen seventy eight money. Mm-hmm. True. That's 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 good. And okay, so what was the uh, what's the outcome? It says just in box office. Does it even say? Yeah, no box office. That that's what the uh, box office was. One hundred and forty one point six. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I, I I I my headphones cut out for a second there. Wow, and that's just box office. Forget the VHS, DVDs, wow. fucking Blu-rays, and every time you watch it on TV, <laughs> it's making money. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and I see the chat rooms mentioned in the movie Hollow Man in here. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good good Kevin Bacon movie, and uh, good one for the ladies. They get to see him uh, in the buff. Uh-huh. In that movie. Trust me, my fiancé watches that movie for a reason. <clears throat> and it's not to be with me. So, <laughs> But, uh, all right. I guess we can actually start getting into this movie. This movie, even though it was in uh, put out in 1978, was set in 1962. A couple little plot and subplot to this movie. I guess you could say the main plot is... Uh, Two 
nerdy guys are trying to figure out what fraternity they they can get into, finally get one, and then the plot completely turns to it's all about this crazy Dean, Dean Wormer trying to get this, uh, the Deltas, which is their fraternity house, kicked out, uh, even puts them on double secret probation, which we will get to in just a few minutes here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how, I don't even know if I can put the words into how great this movie is. Um, and to think that, you know, back in 1978, one of the writers for this movie was Harold Ramis, who was Egon in Ghostbusters. Yeah, fucking you know? Harry, you know, rest in peace to that guy. I mean, he, I mean, you, you look at his uh, resume, mm-hmm. he was on fire, late 70s, early to mid 80s, in terms of the content he was putting out. Absolutely, and his writing credits went up to this day, uh, you know, till he, till he passed, but, you know, there was a... Uh, you know, a couple writers. It was uh, Harold Ramis, Douglas Kenny, and there's one more here. One, Ivan Reitman, right? Uh, Chris Miller. Ivan Reitman was your producer or uh, executive producer. Give me one sec. I'll give you where. Uh, I'll give you where Ivan. Well, yeah, Ivan Reitman was the producer of the movie. Uh, okay. It was a Maddie Simmons slash Ivan Reitman production. Um, and Ivan Reitman, I don't even need to tell you people who... I, I shouldn't have to tell you people the movies he's had his hands in. Um, Jesus Christ. I, I can't even think of all of them right now. There's so many running through my head. But guy's got tons of fucking movies he's got his hands in. So yeah. Just to give you like a... Let me see here. Ivan Reitman, just to give you a taste of what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's done... Uh, let me see... Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Legal Eagles, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, Dave, I don't know if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junior, Evolution, No Strings Attached, Draft Day, it's fucking Space Jam, my childhood. Jesus, Space Jam. That's an old one. I can't... Ugh. I know he had... Uh, he was also producer in Howard Stern's movie, um... Private parts. Uh, six days, seven nights. Remember that one mm-hmm. with a Harrison Ford? Yeah, 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 yeah. Another badass motherfucker. We were talking about him last a uh, couple weeks ago, I think. And I guess to get more updated, he's actually uh, he worked on a Rock's new movie, Baywatch. Uh, that <laughs> that was... probably won't come up. I mean, I yeah. Uh... That was, <laughs> that was a real flop in the theaters, and I feel bad for the Rock. Because, you know, I mean, that's... Yeah, he's still rich. I don't feel bad no, for Rock at I, all. No, <laughs> I, I, it's just he's been in so many better movies and then to have this... And, you know, Baywatch is a... <clears throat> you know, it's a... It's a name. I mean, Baywatch was never Shakespeare, but this is what happens when you try to recreate something that was had its own unique niche to it and try to basically recast it and reimagine it. Yeah, and they're remaking so much stuff right now. I mean, not even remaking, but re-releasing. I mean, I heard Roseanne is coming back. Uh, fucking um, Jersey Shore is having a reunion. <laughs> you know I'll watch, motherfucker. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm right there. I watched. I mean, I got bored around the, I guess, the fourth or fifth. Whatever season when they went to Italy, that's kind of when I tapped out. But I, think that I, I enjoyed, like, the first three years. Yeah, I think that was four. I thought that it got funnier when uh, they went to Italy. That's where uh, the situation ran his own head into a uh, concrete wall. He would have been. He... Yeah, didn't he get in a fight with Ronnie or something, the uh, jacked-up dude? Yeah, yeah, he got into a fight with Ron. Dude, they're all jacked-up steroid cases. The only one that wasn't was Vinny. But both <laughs> Vinny, the other... Vinny probably was the most... He probably was the only sane one at a bunch. Yeah, yeah, he was. Vinny was the only guy that was, like, still, like, dude. The other guys were, like, pfft, you know, a bunch of fucking assholes, but... Um... That's real quick, before we get back to the movie, if you had a choice... Jay Wow or Snooky? I mean, clearly Snooky was like the, I guess, like the MVP of the show, mm. like the star. You know, and it was funny when I said uh, I was actually telling my mom that there was a reunion, and she's laughing, and you know, she's like, "Oh, that's Snooky," and this and that, and I'm like, "You can laugh at Snooky, but she turned a reality show into a multi-million-dollar fashion company and makeup company." And, I mean, she's done well for herself. Truthfully, though, like, like you know, who would I want to, you know, lay the pipe to? Jay Wow. Yeah. As fake, you know, fake tits. I don't hey. care. I like the big fakies. I don't care. Anything that you can put in your mouth is real. <laughs> dude, <laughs> she's just fine. I would be fine with that, dude. Uh, yeah, Jay Wow, especially in the first season, she was smoking hot. She's sort of been jacking with her face a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I, when people start doing that, it just irks me. D don't don't fuck with your faith. Am, am I really putting over Snooki and Jay Wow? Yes, Shaheen, I am. I told you that show was a fucking guilty pleasure of mine, number one, and I enjoyed it. It was the best train wreck television you could watch at the time. And that's exactly what it was. It wasn't meant, it wasn't meant to be Shakespeare. It wasn't meant to be anything but what it was. Fucking a bunch of college-age kids being fuck-ups, getting drunk. I remember one episode where Snook, it was her turn to clean up the, uh, what the whatever they call the fucking, the smash room. Mm. <laughs> yes. Use condoms everywhere. That was <laughs> that yes. was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, there's been some. Oh god, that show has had its days, man. That show has had its fucking days, bro. And no, I'm not making Snooky out to be a role model. She's a fucking idiot, but she's at least found someone in her life that decided to say, "Hey, let's make a career out of this," and she did. So I and give I, her. And look, I will you know give credit where it's due. She had a kid since the show. Seems to like finally got a life in order. She doesn't. She's not a fuck up anymore. And honestly, without all the makeup and all that shit she had to put on for the show, not a bad looking woman. She was actually pregnant the last season of the show, season seven. It was on that long. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was on that long. It was on that fucking long, dude. I couldn't believe it made it past season three. I yeah. really thought when they went to Italy, I believe it was season four, I'm like, yeah, that's got to be it. It's got to be it for this show. But it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. So, all right, let's get back to this fucking movie. Let's quit put, uh, putting over Jersey Shore before Shaheen 
tries to break his Mac computer. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably over there throwing shit at it right now. Shut the fuck up! All right, so, all right, right, let's get back to the movie. Now, we were saying before that the beginning plot, I guess you could call it, is two guys, and the two guys we were talking about were uh, Larry Kroger. The wimp and the blimp? uh, We're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, Were the two guys, uh, Larry Kroger and Kent Dorfman, and uh, they're trying to get into a fraternity. They go to the Alphas. And if that doesn't just sound like a bunch of dickheads, they are. And, you know, I'm going to play a little bit of when they went to the Alphas to just show the difference of the fraternities when they walk in. First impressions, if you will. Let's, let's play that a little bit right now. Let me take the mute off and let's get rolling. Why don't we just go inside and meet some of the guys, huh? Yeah, let's do that. Wimp and a blimp. Now, there are a lot of great guys here, so don't feel you have to meet everyone. We just want you to enjoy yourselves while you're here. Well, Chief, I think you'll find that Omega House has more activities than most of the other fraternities on campus, and they're far superior, I think. Man. Oh, Hi there, fellas. I can meet Ken and Lonnie. Larry. Ken, Lonnie, I'd like you to meet um, Muhammad, uh, Jugdish, Sydney, and Clayton. Now, just grab a seat and make yourselves at home. And don't be shy about helping yourselves to punch in cookies. <laughs> All right. So you see that nice, proper. Shaheen thinks there's about to be a gangbang in the background. Um, you never know. In this movie, but uh, yeah, you know it's they're they're not really being nice. They're actually bringing them over to the other losers. Um, and you know, real quick, this is our first view of Kevin Bacon. Let's go ahead and play Kevin Bacon's first ever scene in a movie. Let's do it. Vega, or they won't pledge at all. We do have more than our share of campus leaders. Something that never looks bad on your permanent record check. Well, sure. Everybody I talk to says Omega's the best, but uh, I, I hate to seem, you know, pushy. Let the unacceptable candidates worry about that, because after tonight, there you are, uh, Kent. I'm Greg Marmalard, president of Omega House, and I'd like you to meet my friends, Mandy Pepperidge. Hello. Hi. We already met. And Chip Diller. How are you? Hi. How are you? And uh, over there is Terry Arbach, captain of the swim team. And that's Carl Phillips, editor of the Daily Fabarian. And uh, Clayton, Sidney, Jugless, Muhammad, Lonnie. Uh... Yeah, we already met. There you go. So they uh, brought him right back to the losers of the bunch. And uh, so that's them. So, you know, they're obviously like, ah, what the hell are we going to do? And, you know, screw it. Uh, in just a second, I'll... <clears throat> I'll play that little conversation they have. And like I said, I wanted to play both scenes because it kind of shows the difference in the houses. <laughs> the And I was calling it the Alpha. It's actually the Omega house. Alpha, Omega, same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, you know all one of the fucking same. 
But uh, so there you go. I'll correct myself. But um, you obviously see where this is going. And here, one more part for you. Trying very hard. I hate this. Look, no sweat. My brother Fred was a Delta. That makes me a legacy. They gotta take me. It's like their law. Don't worry. I'll put in a good word for you. Great. I heard Delta's the worst house on campus. Excuse me, sir. Is this the Delta house? Sure. Come on in. I'll pause it there for a second. This is also our first look at uh, Belushi in this movie. John Belushi, obviously. And um, he turns around and pees on these two guys. <laughs> yes. What an introduction. What an introduction. What a better way to introduce Belushi. Now, real quick, I want to give you a few little things about John Belushi in this movie. Belushi... Uh, first of all, he was still doing Saturday Night Live, so he had to fly back twice a week to do that. Um, the the writers and directors of the film did their damnedest to keep Belushi away from the other cast because, believe it or not, all the other cast was going out and partying every night. So in you don't say I do say so instead of Belushi staying with them, uh, they got him a little place down the down about two miles from the set and him and his wife stayed there and they would, you know, be driven back and forth. But uh, they did everything they fucking could to keep Belushi sober during this set. And he actually wanted to be sober during this movie because he saw this. Excuse me. He saw this movie as a really big opportunity for himself, and it did turn out to be a big opportunity. He just didn't get to make the best of it uh, before we lost him. So you know, but uh, you know, there's just a few little facts right there I wanted to throw out while while uh, the he we were just talking about Belushi, but uh, we'll keep going with the scene a little bit, and then uh, stop again. Here we go. difference there in houses <laughs> obviously one prim proper music classical music quietly in the background they walk into this house it's fucking low low <laughs> and they're throwing shit throwing beers at the door but uh yeah so again kent dorfman says his brother was a delta which means basically he's a delta um we also get another quotable little part in the movie. 
he walks up to a group of fucking guys all sitting there smoking cigars, drinking beer, playing cards. And what does he say? Let's find out. Hi, guys. You guys playing cards? <laughs> you guys playing cards? Um, oh. oh, flounder. <clears throat> Which he's not flounder yet, but um, this is also where we start meeting... Uh, Otter and Boone. Otter is Tim Matheson. Boone is Peter Riegert. Now, Peter Riegert, you may be going, oh, who the hell is he? Peter Riegert's actually been in a lot of movies. If you don't know who he is, the movie The Mask with uh, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey yep. not uh, not the one with Cher. Uh, Jim Carrey, he is the police officer in the movie. One of the oh, cops. He- yeah. yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm right. <laughs> I like Peter Riegert. Peter Riegert is great. He's also an Oscar with Stallone, Chaz Palminteri, Joseph Spano, and all those guys. Yeah. So, you know, he's in and, and more than that. I mean, if I really, you know, which I probably should have done before the show, looked up his, uh, I, it's hard to believe he's so low in the credits, but he is, but... Peter Riegert's done shitloads of movies. He's been in a ton of Law and Order movies, um, Law and Order TV shows. He's a, always plays a lawyer. He was in We Bought a Zoo. He was in. Let's see here. Let's go down and see a few more Law, Law and Order SVU. He's done seven episodes. There you go. He was in Sopranos. He did six episodes of that too. Oh yeah, you're right. I I'm looking at. I know it. you. Yeah. I know you're right. He was Assemblyman Zellman. Yes. So he was, and he's one. He's one of those guys. Like I didn't always know his name, but anytime I see his face, I'm like, yeah, I know that fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. And his voice is incredibly distinct. You know his voice. Uh, he was in a Law and Order. He was in, like I said, The Mask. He was the lieutenant going after him. He was in Boat Angles. He was in tra- Traffic. Fuck. Yeah, traffic. Yeah, that's. I, I just saw that. I mean, he did tons of movies for this guy, but his obviously his his. And you know, I said a few weeks ago, a lot of fucking actors came out of the show Mash. He did uh, right there, three uh, two episodes of Mash, and then went on to do Animal House. Well, let me ask you, since we're naming all these uh, movies mm-hmm. and TV shows he's been in, is there any type of NYPD blue tie-in? There is uh, Hill Street Blues. Uh, Niedemeyer did uh, episode about three episodes of Hill Street Blues. And uh, again, that is a Stephen Bochco show. Sometimes it's as close as I can get. So, you know, th- there's there it is right there. But, um, you know, th- this is where, you know, Larry starts going in. And I'm back to the movie, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Larry goes in. And I, I do want to play the... Uh, the conversation that uh, Boone and Otter are having. Uh, it, it's its friggin' hilarious. Just the very little, stimulating. It's very stimulating. It's all about Otter getting getting laid that night. But he, Otter is the... 
he's basically the the, the president yes. of the is he the president or is uh, Hoover Hoover's the president <clears throat> the chapter president I think or maybe it is Otter I forget uh, but here I'm gonna go ahead and play some of this. You going out tonight, Otter? Uh-huh. Norma? Now, let me give you a hint. She's got a couple of major league yabos. Beverly. No, but you're getting warmer. Let me give you another hint. Does this ring a bell? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Marlene. Don't tell me you're going to pork Marlene Desmond. Pork? going to hump her brains out, aren't you? Boone, I anticipate a... Deeply religious experience. Why are you so interested in my social life? Where's Katie? Downstairs, pissed off about something. She thinks you're an immature jerk, huh? Yeah. I don't take anything seriously. All right. Now, when uh, when Hoover does walk in, he actually mentions exactly what Otter is. So give me a second. Um, by the way, you're 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 missing a dildo here. A giant dildo. Uh, if you're excited by that, good. But uh, for some <laughs> reason, Tim Matheson just pulls out a dildo, and uh, they're just messing with it. But here we go, real quick. Oh, sorry. Be 50 people downstairs waiting to try and get into this fraternity. Otter, you are the Rush chairman. I think you should be present at the Rush party. Bingo. Rush chairman. <laughs> Rush, oh, excuse me, Rush Chairman. Uh, this is also where we we meet we little we meet D Day, who fucking D Day, who is uh, breaks through the door riding a beautiful Harley Sportster. Uh, I'm a bike guy, so <laughs> fucking what a great bike, in my opinion, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a badass bike and a badass scene where he just kind of came out of nowhere. He just breaks through the fucking door and, uh, you know, goes through there. But uh, Otter now goes downstairs. And I literally could play every scene in this movie. And I would be fine with it. But, uh, dude, you got like a like a humming going on over there. Oh, there we go. It's off now. Now it's back on. Hold on. All right. Anyway, um... So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll play another one because right after that, right after D Day comes in, er, uh, Eric Stratton, who is Otter in this movie, uh, goes through and he's talking to people, and it's just hilarious listening to him talk. So let's go through it. Fuck it. My name is uh, Kent Dorfman. Hey, Eric Stratton, Rush Chairman. Damn glad to meet you. <laughs> D-Day! Hi, Eric Stratton, Rush Chairman. Damn glad to meet you. Hi, that was Eric Stratton, Rush Chairman. He was damn glad to meet you. Oh, Larry, good. I see you've met D-Day. Good, you're having a nice time. It's good, good. Hey, Eric Stratton. All right. Now, he just played that on his neck, D-Day did, and little fact, that was just something he could do. Very cool. Improvised and just something he could do. 
so he went ahead and did that. Oh, it was pretty fucking cool, man. It was, uh, oh, oh, Bod's starting to put motorcycles in the goddamn chat room. Don't do that, Bod. I'll get fucking distracted. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> and I will. But, uh, you know, again, we said Kent Dorfman was sort of a uh, legend in there, and Otter does go up and meet Kent Dorfman. And here, let's play. I'm glad to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice. Todd. Is that a clip on my any chance? Hey, Booth Barber, check this out. Uh, excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, 90% rayon. Very nice. Hi, boys. Having a good time, I hope. Excuse me. Let's see. Did your mother buy that for you? Yeah. Uh, Kent is a legacy otter. His brother was a 59, Fred Dorfman. He said legacies usually get asked to pledge automatically. Oh, well, usually, unless the pledge in question turns out to be a real closet case. Like, <laughs> like Fred. <laughs> My brother. Kent. Obviously fucking with him, telling his brother was a complete closet, closet case. Um, and, you know, I guess another little subplot to this movie, because it does have a... Uh, little impact is Boone and his girlfriend Katie. Yeah. Uh yeah, it does have an impact later in the movie. So I guess we should mention that little subplot going on. Um but Eric Stratton in this movie Otter is the the ladies man of the uh of the fraternity. You know, every fraternity's kind of like, you know, Every other one, you got the ladies' man, you got this guy, that guy, that guy. But he is definitely the uh, the clever ladies' man. He's basically Van He's Wilder. He's Van Wilder in this movie. Yeah. Really. And that's, you know, obviously the tie-in. But he is a Van Wilder-type character to bring it up to the – you know, so people can understand. You know, the newer, the newer audience, you know, man – you know, but, uh, yeah. So obviously, like we said, you know, uh, Peter Riegert Boone and his girlfriend are arguing throughout pretty much the whole movie. She's pissed at him for this, pissed at him for that, uh, thinks he's immature, blah, 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 blah. You know how these women are. Yeah. Ironically enough, they never think we mature. No, no. You know how these, the crazy, crazy women. And I, I, personally don't mature but um <laughs> this is also hey, boone, no. boone wants some poon boone wants that, that, a that's lot. basically the subplot hey, of course it is uh and then we get uh and we go to this little scene here this little scene we're getting dean warmer and he's talking to the one of the main guys in the omega house i got it right that time uh, and I believe that's Greg. Greggy, they call him. G- uh, <laughs> Greggy. <laughs> Greggy. And uh, Dean Wormer is talking to him, and this is also a pivotal part in the movie, so why don't I play it while I get another beer? Greg, what is the worst fraternity on this campus? Well, that would be hard to say, sir. They're each outstanding in their own way. And Cut the horseshit, son. I got the disciplinary files right here. <laughs> Who dumped a whole truckload of fizzies into the swim meet? Who delivered the medical school cadavers to the alumni dinner? 
Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring, the toilets explode. <laughs> You're talking about Delta, sir. Of course I'm talking about Delta, you twerp! This year, it's going to be different. This year, we're going to grab the bull by the balls and kick those punks off campus. What do you intend to do, sir? Delta's already on probation. They are? Yes, sir. Oh. Then, as of this moment, they're on double secret probation. Double secret probation, sir? There is a little-known codicil in the Faber College Constitution, which gives the dean unlimited power to preserve order in time of campus emergency. Find me a way to revoke Delta's charter. You live next door. Put Niedermeyer on it. He's a sneaky little shit just like you, right? The time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Uh, there you go. Uh, so obviously Dean Wormer is after this fraternity. Um, no matter what he has to do. Uh, if you really pay attention to this movie, it's a bit like old school. Oh, very much so. It's really old school. Really did try to recreate this movie a little bit. Uh, you know, old school was obviously on the list. And we will get to that movie. That's another excellent movie. Uh, I don't think we've done one Will Ferrell movie yet. Which is mind-boggling to me. No, we did, we did a Colin Ferrell movie, but not a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, that, that's going to change, folks. That's going to change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we will uh we will definitely maybe we'll knock out a Will Ferrell movie next week. Yeah, a lot to choose from too. Well my other believe it or not, one of my other movies when we were doing ridiculous comedies, I was gonna give you a fourth and it was actually gonna be Talladega Nights. The ballad <laughs> of Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. I mean between Talladega Nights and old school You're my boy, Blue oh. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> and and Michael Clark Duncan in Talladega Nights. Oh, another one too soon. But I mean, he was huge. That guy. You kind of. Uh, that's a lot. He was of, huge, and he was huge. <laughs> that's a lot of mass to carry. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I, we're getting off topic again. Um, this is another scene I definitely wanted to play because this is a huge part of the movie. Not a huge part of the movie, but this scene gets played all the fucking time. Uh, you know, it's it's the scene where they're going through and they're picking what candidates they want. It's all the Omega fraternity sitting in a room. And oh, this scene um, is, To me, this scene is classic. It's this an scene iconic is scene. definitely iconic. And, um, ah, fuck it. Why don't we just play it instead of me trying to explain it? Explaining it doesn't do it any justice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need the dues. Good. Larry Kroger is now pledged to Delta Tau Chi. Next slide, please, D-Day. Just a minute, just a minute. Just, just settle down. This is this is Kent Dorfman. He's a legacy from Harrisburg. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, now wait. Okay. 
next guy is a real zero, that's true. Let's just think back to when you guys were freshmen, huh? Boom! You had a face like a pepperoni pizza, right? And Stork here. Everybody thought the Stork was brain damaged. I myself was so obnoxious, the seniors used to beat me up once a week. So this guy is a total loser? Well, let me tell you the story of another loser. <laughs> All right. So they do end up actually pledging both of these guys. They go in their rooms. They break in. They shoot them with fire extinguishers. They drag them to the uh, fraternity house where they... God damn, like I said, I could play this whole fucking movie, dude. This is another great scene, so what the hell? I'll play it. I'm going to have to pause it a little bit, but I'll play it, pause it, play it, pause it. State your name. I state your name. Do hereby pledge allegiance to the frat. Do hereby pledge allegiance to the frat. Uh, with liberty and fraternity for all. Amen. Amen. Sergeant at Arms. Do your duty. Now on your Delta Tau, Kai name is Weasel. Uh, now on your name is Mothball. Kroger, your Delta Tau, Kai name is Pinto. Why Pinto? Why not? <laughs> well, what's my Delta Tau, Kai name? Dorfman, you've given this a lot of thought. From now on, your name is Flounder. Once again, I'm kind of playing this to show you the difference, just like they do in the movie. They show you the difference between, look how much fun these guys are having with their initiation, and then in a minute, they go to the other initiation. Uh, these guys are getting sprayed with beer and, um, you know, dancing, singing. They're drunk, drunk singing Louie Louie here. All right, not one of them can keep up with the fucking beat. But because, uh, you know, they're drunk, they're singing, they're in a line. And, uh, you know, then you go over to the other house and uh you know they're kind of panning over there right now panning over there right now here we go <laughs> the music should tell you what's what the difference is happening <laughs> we now consecrate the bond of obedience Assume the position. Now, before I play the the line, these guys are all dressed like druids that Kane or Undertaker would walk down to the ring. Yeah. And, this movie was ahead of his time. Oh, my God, was it? But, uh, you know, they're doing that, and obviously this is... This is their initiation. You know, you go through the, the Delta, uh, Delta. they're 
they just give you a quick name, spray you with beer, boom, you're in. Um, but anyway, Paul, <laughs> even even Megs was saying Paul Bear is in the house. There you go, buddy. I gave you the oh, Paul. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, here we go. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Now, in this scene, the smile on all the other guys' faces as Kevin Bacon is being paddled is creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. They're loving this. Obviously, this brings up the, uh, you know, kind of homoerotic thing of fraternities. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people aren't even, uh, you know, this 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 hazing isn't even allowed nowadays. Yeah. And uh, you know what this movie kind of uh, sh- shine a light on for me? Mm. Made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Was, was portrayed to be in the 60s. Right. Our parents were real assholes. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, um, yeah, obviously, dude, you got to get a definite point there. But it was a different time, dude. Parents were more strict, and uh, it was just a different fucking time. But uh, we go to a scene now where Donald Sutherland is, you know, as a teacher in this movie, is teaching class. He's kind of telling the people, you know, I don't even like this shit. I like this shit as much as you guys do, but it's my job, and. You know, but uh, there is a scene I'm trying to get to here, and it's right here. Here we go. From your responsibility for this material, I'm waiting for reports from some of you. I'm not joking. This is my job. Come on, Amanda, honey. You know. All right, there we go. And yeah, I mean, he's serious. This is his job. Donald Sutherland is not in this movie a lot, but. Uh, He's in it a little bit. We go to another scene here where Mandy and her friend are talking. Uh, Mandy is uh, Mandy is played by God damn it, uh, damn it! I hate when I can't find this. Mandy is in this movie though, uh, talking to her friend. Her friend is actually the one going out with Greg. And um, her friend is Babs. Actually, no, Babs is talking to Mandy. Mandy is going out with Greg. Babs wants Greg. There we go. And and, uh, just uh, to clarify, Mandy was played by Mary Louise Weller. Yes. And Babs is uh, Martha Smith. Yeah, I had the wrong page pulled up. Philly me. Um, You know, she's talking to her friend about him, telling him how dreamy fucking, you know, Greg is and this and that. Um, and then we go to this scene here where it's ROTC. Obviously, that's like college army. And, um, you know, Niedermeyer comes out. Niedermeyer is a douche. And here we go. Oh, wait a minute. I wanted to play a little bit before that when he was just walking down telling them all what to do. Give me two seconds here. I'll get it down. Right now. Four and one, two, three, four and one, two, three, four and one, two, company, halt! 
asset line. There's Nina Meyer coming out. He's the, the douchebag of all this. Um, now, he goes up to Flounder, or Kent Dorfman, and really starts picking on him. You know, about the pledge pin and this and that. And I'm, I'm going to play that scene in just a minute. But uh, right after that, um, Tim Matheson and Peter Rieger in this movie, Otter and Boone, they're up there shooting, uh, hitting golf balls at the ROTC class. Now, here's a little, another little fact about this. Ivan Reitman wrote, uh, helped, you know, improvise some of this movie while he was producing it. This was actually a prank that he would pull in college is when they would shoot, you know, hit golf balls at the ROTC class. Wow. That's actually this, pretty funny. This is actually 100% based off of a prank they used to pull. So, you know, it, it's pretty cool that they actually, you know, Ivan Reitman did that. But again, you got to remember, this was a different time. Little, little lax. People weren't as uptight. So... There you go. I want to play this scene, though, because, like I said, he really goes after Kent Dorfman and uh, Boone. And uh, Boone and Otter get a little pissed. Here we go. Damn disgrace! A vicious mother, isn't he? Yeah. He can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. <laughs> Redo those buttons. Dress that belt buckle. Straighten that cap. And God damn it, tuck up those pajamas! Attention! Out front! What's that on your chest, mister? It's a pledge pin, sir. A pledge pin! On your uniform! I pucked it. Shit. Okay. Real quick. I want to bring up something. You may hear Niedermeyer's voice, and some people my age might be going, that sounds familiar. In the Twisted Sister video of We're Not Gonna Take It, he is the boy's father screaming at him, what are you gonna do with your life? Oh, that, that was, I mean, I mean, I'm at your age. Thank God. But you, uh, but uh, I do know that part you're talking about in that song. That is Niedermeyer. Wow. Yes, that is Niedermeyer screaming that part at him. Um, you know what? While this is playing, maybe I'll actually try to find that uh, that part here. But uh, here, let me go ahead and do this because he's still railing on this guy. Just tell me, mister, what fraternity would pledge a man like you? It's a Delta pen, sir. Slice. You'll report to the stable tonight and every night at 1900 hours. And without that pledge pin! Do you understand? Yeah. 
Your left arm is straight, but you're not keeping your head down. You're all worthless and weak. Drop and give me 20. There you go. So they're doing all that. and All right, there you go. Give me one second and I will play... Here you go. So now, like I said, Niedermeyer is the guy in the Twisted Sister video. Just to prove it, there you go. Carrots, please. May I be excused, please? Yes, dear. Oh, this is the extended, like extended, extended. Hold on here. Go a little further in this. Here, hold on. Let me go a little further and get to the part where he's screaming. Here we go. All right, mister. What do you think you're doing? You call this a room? This is a pigsty. I want you to straighten up this area now! You are a disgusting slob! Stand up straight! Tuck in that shirt! Adjust that belt buckle! Tie those shoes! Did that remind you of anything, Anthony? <laughs> reminds me of my childhood. Reminds you of the scene I just fucking played, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> exactly. That's what they were uh, going for. Here you go. Twisted sister! What is that? Wipe that smile off your face. Do you understand? What is that? A twisted sister pin on your uniform? Uh, again? <laughs> yeah, it does. There you go. Now, what real kind quick, of Bob. a man? Huh? No, you finished playing the scene. I have found some interesting little notes here. Okay, hold on. And are you? You're worthless and weak. You do nothing. You are nothing. You sit in here all day and play that sick, repulsive, electric twanger. I carried an M16 and you, you carry that, that, that guitar. Who are you? Where do you come from? Are you listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> I want to rock. There you go. That was it. I just figured I'd play that because, you know. But that was him, Nita Meyer, once again, basically playing the same character as you heard. I mean, plenty of references to the scene in the... Uh, in there. Oh, whoa. Sorry, that was my fault. I accidentally kept playing the scene. They did, and uh, Peter Riegert and uh, Otter and Boone did end up hitting the horse. Niedermeyer falls off, ends up in a neck brace. Now, um, yep, go ahead. Now I said, overall, were you uh, satisfied with the casting? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. How would this change the dynamic of the movie? So the initial cast was to feature uh, Chevy Chase's Otter, mm -hmm. Bill Murray as Boone, Brian Doyle Murray as Hoover, Dan Aykroyd as D-Day, 
And of course, John Belushi is Bluto, and he's the only one that actually was in the movie. Right, right. Do you yeah. think it would have still had that same carte blanche as a, a legendary type movie? Consider because those are some heavy hitters. It may have, and um, actually, not only uh, Harold Ramis was also up for the part of Boone. Um, you know, the writer. I think he would have been a better Boone than uh, either him or uh, Peter Eager, obviously. I'm sorry, Rudger. He nailed it, dude. He I mean, he nailed it, but I, don't, I can't picture Bill Murray as a good Boone for some reason. And they said, you know, Boone was. Um, they thought they were all too old looking to play him. I mean, Boone was 29 years old, and Peter, Re- Peter Eager at this time. Not like he was college age, but I think he nailed the part. I really think his voice was like a help. Yeah, you know, and I, mean, I, th- I think it almost helped the part. It was uh, it was a perfect part for him, and you know, plus he has like that good guy face. Yeah, and Chevy Chase. Look, he was huge back then, but I believe the way the National Lampoon's movies used him was amazing. Uh amazing i mean you know the vacation movies they used him in were perfect this movie didn't need him it did not need him uh and i believe if you keep reading uh dan Aykroyd was threatened by lorne that if he did the part he'd be sued wow that's insane to me (laughs) yeah and lorne i mean lorne michaels the 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 guy behind Saturday Night Live, uh, I believe he Dan Aykroyd was actually threatened at the time because Dan Aykroyd was a huge part of Saturday Night Live during this. Yes. As was Belushi, but you know how it's all contract issues and blah, blah, blah. Hollywood was the same back then as it is now, I got a feeling. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, but yeah, so many, but yeah, I'm glad the movie, I think the casting in this movie was perfect from top to bottom. Just absolutely fucking perfect. Um, So yeah, I mean, now we go to the scene where uh, Boone is uh, trying to hook up Pinto, Larry Kroger, with a girl basically telling uh, Katie... Hook him up with anyone. He just wants to bang her. And um, <laughs> they're on their way to Donald Sutherland's house, the professor. And he's talking, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, out of nowhere, he just says, anybody want to smoke some pot? And immediately they all just say yes. Ah, fuck it. Here we go. Anybody like to smoke some pot? There you go. Yeah. Never smoked before. Sure. When did you ever smoke pot? I've done a lot of things you don't know about. Yeah? There you go. So they do. They start smoking pot in the place. This guy's weird, man. He starts closing all the things, locking the door. You know, back then everyone thought pot made you paranoid, so... You know, but uh, they start doing total pot talk after this conversation. I mean, you know, they start having conversations about science and space and atoms and this and that. But uh, 
good little scene. Nothing I really want to. Nothing I. I don't think I want to play any of this. It's nothing. Nothing really of note came out of the scene. Although I am disappointed that they didn't do a stereotypical getting the munchies type scene. Yeah, they never really did. Um, let's. The next scene though is really good. Um, if you remember, just in the last scene that I played, uh, Kent was supposed to go to the stalls. Reason he was supposed to go to the stalls was to clean the stalls. Uh, you know, pick the horse shit up, throw it in a bucket, take it out of there. Horses don't like being in their own shit. Uh, I know this because I had seven horses at one time. What haven't you done, Box? Um, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty. Trust me, but uh, yeah, I mean, I lived on a fucking farm in North Carolina. It's seven horses, five dogs, no pigs, no, no cows. No, no pigs, no cows. My 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 sister got into uh, riding horses when she was young, so you know. And my dad always rode horses. My dad is allergic to horses, and we had seven horses at the house. Wow, how the yeah. fuck does that work? Uh, he lived off of an inhaler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My poor dad. But he dealt with it forever. <laughs> B makes a saying we should uh, review Boone the Bounty Hunter. I believe that is the John Morrison movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. I believe he's like partner with a dog or something in that movie. I don't know. Um, but anyway, back to this fucking movie. This excellent movie that we are uh, we are dealing with here. We uh we go to the scene where uh, Niedermeyer once again walks in, and I said again, Kent's cleaning the stalls. Niedermeyer walks in though, and this horse is like torturing Kent. He's trying to bite him. He's trying to kick him. And uh, Niedermeyer walks in and freaks out a little bit. This scene, I will play. Give me that. And he's a little creepy with his horse. I forgot to mention that. Little too lovey with the horse. But anyway, here we go. All right, you stupids. Uh-huh. <laughs> for God's sake, what kind of man hits a defenseless oh. animal? I've got a good mind to smash your fat face. Uh, you now really... listen up, you nauseating pile of blubber. Uh. Your days are numbered here at Vic. Uh, you and all your sick Delta buddies. Meantime, your ass belongs to me. Uh, now drop and give me 20. Yes, but... Uh, Hit it! Uh, oh, trooper, baby, baby, trooper. Uh, Come here, baby. Come here, yeah, baby. Now, yeah. while he's doing this D-Day... And Bluto, Blutarski, uh, Belushi, are sneaking in to the stalls. And uh, they come up with a little plan to <clears throat> steal the horse. 
and bring it up to Dean Wormer's office. Uh, And they talk uh, Flounder into doing this. So, you know, they kind of do that. (laughs) That audio. Bod says that audio sounds like gay porn. It was close. It was close. Uh, (laughs) Hey, it was uh, the 70s. Things got a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) D-Day. Yeah, you're right, though. Uh, D-Day and and, uh, Bluto are talking uh, Flounder. I like using their names. It's more fun. Into uh, stealing this horse and helping them get it up to Dean Wormer's office. They do get the horse up there. And um, they give him, once they get it in there, uh, they, here, I'll play it. Fuck it. Here we go. <laughs> He's in there. Oh, boy, is this great! <laughs> now finish it, Flounder. Are you kidding? I never shot anything before in my life. I thought you hated Niedermeyer's guts. I do. And what about that horse? Is there anything in the world you hate as much as that horse? Get it over with, Kent. Alright, so he walks in, they hand him a gun, he walks in to shoot the horse. He doesn't know that they've put blanks in the gun. Dorfman, uh, Kent doesn't, flounder. And uh, he walks in, and he aims away from the horse. He wasn't really going to shoot the horse, but the horse ends up having a heart attack and dying. Right there in the office, they run, they get out of there. Uh, But, yeah, the horse actually does die. Maybe the horse was a diabetic. I don't know. That's what he says. Maybe the horse is a diabetic. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, and, you know, you go to the next scene. Dean Wormer's in his office, obviously, like, what the fuck? And uh, there's a guy there measuring the door, measuring this, measuring that. And uh, the mayor is there talking to um, Dean Wormer. And the mayor is basically a mobster. Uh, I guess I can play a little of this, too. What the hell? Well, I'm sure I can arrange a nice little honorarium from the student fund. (laughs) And another thing. You better sit on that zoo fraternity of yours. I don't want no drunken riots in my town. Don't worry, Carmine. I've got those boys just where I want them. We'll have the best homecoming parade Faber's ever had. And that's how they're getting the horse out of there. Uh, now, we go to another iconic scene. Uh, this is the cafeteria scene. Yes, with, I've been waiting for this scene. With Belushi. Now, I got to tell you something about this scene. 100% improvised. Seems like it, too. You can kind of You can kind of tell. Like, you know, if you watch movies long enough, you can kind of tell, like, what's mm-hmm. scripted point for point and what's kind of like, it was just like a laugh shoot. Yeah, everything Belushi was doing when he was, uh, when he's walking down the aisle, getting the food, is 100% improvised. Uh, Reitman basically just said, follow him to the cameraman. Follow him, whatever he does, follow him. Um even up to the part where he squirts mashed potatoes out of his mouth 
and you know the zit joke i'm a zit is improvised none of that was in the in the script he just sort of let the scene go for himself um and obviously it became excellent i mean you know you watch belushi in the scene he's putting tons of things on his tray he's got two cheeseburgers apples banana a, a, a whole bunch of bananas uh he's putting sandwiches in his pocket he's eating food as he's going up there but this whole scene that we see is belushi being belushi and sometimes that's all you need mm. yeah like i said this is an iconic scene uh you know he starts a food fight it's it's just a, a an insane scene, but a lot of this scene, like I said, he's it, when when he shoves the mashed potatoes in, squirts them out. Not only was it improvised, but the reaction from the people is completely. They never redid the scene. In other words, the reaction is genuine. They yeah. did not know he was going to squirt mashed potatoes at him, uh, yeah. but he does go in. He starts a food fight, which just you know causes a huge commotion. Needham, he screws over Needemeyer here too. He gets sort of knocked down and hurt. He's still in a neck brace, by the way. And we and, should also point out that up until this point, Belushi actually has not had a lot of speaking parts in this movie. Mm-mm. But yet he stands out the most. Go figure. Because a lot, a lot of uh, his parts in this movie are very visual, facial yeah. reactions. The mm-hmm. eyebrow deal. It's just like you really have to be seeing it to get the humor in it. Yeah, which is why I'm not playing that scene at all. It's just a, a lot of his facial expressions. But to to know that that whole scene where he's picking up food is all improvised and the scene where he scorched mashed potatoes at everyone out of his mouth, 100% intro, you know, improvised by him, that adds a little bit to the movie if you you know it's 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 just a it 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 makes it a little better if if nothing it, else it adds to the it adds to the aura the legacy and honestly let's be honest mm-hmm. sometimes the best parts of anything come when you when you're not expecting it yeah yeah exactly um but the, we go to the next scene and it's uh mandy and greg mandy's they don't show it, but she's jerking Greg off and asking why he's still soft. We get the gist of this scene that Greg is impotent. <laughs> and it's proved again later in the movie. Um, but yeah, nothing he does. Nothing works. But uh, once again, you've got... Uh, Pluto sneaking around right after that scene. He's outside of the the sorority house, and um, he is on a ladder. And this is the titty scene. Every good comedy back in these days had a titty scene. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. And this was it. Uh, all the girls getting in their room. Now the one he wants to see is Mandy. Mandy's in her own room. And he does get to see Mandy's boobs, but a lot, you know, it's it's just so visual, so visual, and a lot. But he's up on a ladder. He 
he yeah. breaks the fourth wall at one point where he kind of looks at the camera and does the eyebrow. That I, I don't know why that scene. I just cracked up at that part. Oh yeah, that scene is amazing. And by the way, for 1970s, all of these girls had very nice boobs. They were natural. Like, they yeah. were. They were all very nice for natural boobs. But yeah, Mandy's there. She's rubbing herself, and he gets so excited he falls off the ladder obviously implying his boner knocked him back off the ladder yeah. uh, <laughs> if you, if you didn't get that you should yes now uh, see this is the kind of women's lib that I support that I'm in favor of what say you box she was getting in touch with herself she was she was and I I I really you know you can't have these scenes in movies nowadays. Everyone complain. Oh, there was boobies in it. You can't have boobies in a movie anymore. It's fucking horrible, dude. You know, it's it's it, that's why I actually, you know, appreciate movies like you know American Pie and stuff like that. Yes. They 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 stuck to the 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 raunchy comedy formula. Yes, and let's be honest. This is the seventies. When this came out, you had you had you could see titties in PG movies Mm -hmm. way back then. Pretty much, yeah, you could. Um, Next scene is an old old lady uh, printing out the test, Uh, and basically, what the thing is here is they're going to steal the answers to the tests because uh, they'll take the the uh, carbon copy of the printout. But before they do, Kevin Bacon sneaks in and puts in a different copy. Um, so you know they're uh, you know they're seen D Day and Belushi are seen going through the trash, getting the quote unquote answers to the test. But little do they know that the Omega House has screwed them all over with the wrong answers, and they have the right answers. So. You know, and again, remember, they're on double secret probation, and uh, you know, so they're all sitting there in their they go, in the next scene cuts, and they all go back and they're drinking beer in their uh, little fraternity house, and Dean Wormer walks in. This is a scene I will play in about three seconds here now. Okay, look what just creeped in. Well, well, well. Somebody forgot there's a rule against alcoholic beverages. In fraternities on probation. I didn't get that, son. What was that? I said, uh, what a shame that a few bad apples have to spoil a good time for everyone by breaking the rules. Put a sock on it, boy. Or else you'll be out of here like shit through a goose. Now, have you boys seen your grade point average yet? Well, have you? I have, sir. I know it's a little below par. It's more than a little below par, Mr. Hoover. It stinks. It's the lowest on campus. It's the lowest in Faber history. Uh, Well, sir, we're hoping that our midterm grades will really help our average. (laughs) (laughs) Laugh now. Because you clowns have been on double secret probation since the beginning of this semester. Double secret probation? And that means one more slip-up, one more mistake, and this fraternity of yours has had it. And 
favor. Well, that was pleasant. Nice of him to stop by, don't you think? We've got. There you go. So, after that, what do you think they decide to do, Anthony? Give up throwing the towel? Fuck no. Fuck no. You know what they need to do? There's only one thing that they can do. I think they like the idea, Hoof. Oh, Otter, please don't do this. We got news for you, pal. They're going to nail us no matter what we do. So we might as well have a good time. Toga, 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 toga. They have a toga party. That's what they decide to do. Uh, Now, Box, real quick. mm -hmm. Have you ever been to a toga party? Because they are so much fucking fun. I have not. Yes. I have not. I have been to a disco party and many other parties where I just drank a lot of alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Um Right after this scene is where they go to the Food King. And I've got a little interesting fact about this. Um, They go to the Food King, and this is where Larry meets a girl. Actually, the cashier at the Food King. Now, the name of Larry is Larry Kroger. The shopping place they are at, the supermarket is actually a Kroger. Wow. Six degrees <laughs> of Kevin Bacon. Indeed. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Larry Kroger, the guy of the fraternity playing. But yeah, this is actually... Oh, yeah, no, no. No, I know. You're joking. But yeah, this is actually a Kroger that uh, he is at. So his last name actually has meaning in this movie that they are at a Kroger. So uh, there you go right there. Now, Peter Riegert in this movie, Boone, is doing a prank. He's making him steal tons of meat. Now, uh, like I said, Larry does end up meeting a girl here. Now, he doesn't. he's not the only one that ends up meeting a girl. Um, but uh, Otter also ends up meeting a, not a girl, but a woman. And uh, give me two seconds and I'll play that part, too, because that's a pretty good part in just the way she talks to him and the way he talks to her. Here we go. Mine's bigger than that. I beg your pardon? Oh, my cucumber. It's bigger. (sighs) Vegetables can be really sensuous, don't you think? No. Vegetables are sensual. People are sensuous. Right. Sensual. That's what I meant. But by the way, my name is Eric Stratton. They call me Otter. My name's Marion. They call me Mrs. Wormer. Oh, we have a a Dean Wormer at Faber. What a coincidence. I have a husband named Dean Wormer at Faber. You still want to show me your cucumber? Oh, there you go. Eric Stratton Otter not only meets a woman, but the woman he meets is Dean Wormer's wife. Now, I had said before Larry was stealing stuff, and here we go. 
Uh, it looks like you gained some weight since you came in. It's just a prank. I'm pledging a fraternity. Don't sweat it, sweetie. I won't tell. Well, we're having... So there you go. Both of them basically invite the girls to the party that night. And, uh, boom, the party starts. And it's fucking crazy. Um, now, while we're at this party, Kent Dorfman brings his girlfriend, his steady girl. Um, the girl that plays his girlfriend was just a student at this college in Oregon that they're at. Wow. Yeah, she was just another student. Um, but yeah, they're all into, uh, you know, togas. And then uh, we get... We get Belushi, who's obviously drunk during this part. During this part, I say. And um, he goes up and this guy is playing a song for these girls. Now, remember, this movie's supposed to be set in 1962. So, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to play it. I gave my love a cherry that had no stone I gave my love a chicken that had no bones I gave my love a story that had no end I give Now, I can't blame this guy. I think Belushi did the right thing. Oh, ain't he great? <laughs> ain't he great? But yeah, he did. Um, so, you know, they're having this huge party, and finally this girl comes on down uh, for Larry. And again, he invited the cashier, and she comes down, and she's, you know, she's downing drinks like, oh, I got to catch up, I got to catch up. And he's kind of looking at her like, wow, this girl can put down some drinks. And, uh, you know, so they're doing that. Now, the band in this movie is Otis Day. Um, now, the this guy playing here, I'll play a little bit for you here. Real quick, the guy playing Otis Day in this movie and singing actually was very excited about doing this part, thought it would be really great for him. Now, he thought it was so great for him, he actually changed his name to Otis Day. Wow. He legally changed his name to the character in the movie and began performing with a band called Otis Day and the Knights. After this movie, and got tons of work. Tons of work, according to the uh, IMDb. He got a lot of work after this movie. Hey, and, very smart man. It was a catchy song, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, this is not his song. He was I know that, but... Covering songs, but... Yeah, yeah, he actually did change his name. 
So there you go. But yeah, the, and the scene I want to bring up in this movie is, you know, uh, Larry finally brings that girl up to his room. Um, and he's up there with her. And, you know, he's making out with her. And now the other girl, uh, Dean, Dean Wormer's wife, actually does come to the party drunk, hitting cars to bang Eric. But we'll get to that in a minute. Now, Larry is in there and he's making out with the girl that he met. And uh, so is Eric. Eric Stratton's playing his little role. He's got the dark room and. You know, leopard sheets, and he's you know doing his thing with uh, with the old lady. Yes, but, this uh, was Boxman in another life, folks. <laughs> not not with the young girl, but uh, you know, Larry starts making a little bit of headway with the girl, and uh, she's in there, and she starts taking off her top. She passes out. He gets a handful of tissue while she's passing out. And then he's conflicted on what to do. So here we go. By the way, this is another. This may be the best part of the movie right here. So here we go. Good angel. Got the devil and the angel on the shoulder. Fucker. Fucker brains out. Suck her tits, squeeze her buns. You know she wants it. For shame! Lawrence, I'm surprised at you! Ah, don't listen to that, Jackal. Look at those gazongas. You never get a better chance. If you lay one finger on that poor sweet helpless girl, you'll despise yourself forever! You homo. So he does decide against <clears throat> taking advantage of her. Um, now Anthony, could yep. they even make that joke? Now, like if they really did try to remake this movie, <laughs> could they even no. call him a homo? Oh no. Oh. Oh no! A lot of this. I mean, a lot of this movie, like it's a comedy, but it has like you know some racial undertones, mm -hmm. implied potentially implied rape of a minor. I mean, this, a lot of this shit would not fly today at all. Yeah, exactly. And we do find out. Yeah, she is a minor. We find that out a little bit later in the movie. Um, we also find out her dad is the mayor, Mayor Carmine DePasto. If you can, if you can get a worse Italian name, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, he does bring her home. He actually pushes her home in a shopping cart. I don't know where he got the cart from, but who knows? But he does push her home in a shopping cart, and uh, you know, does find her now. This part here, where uh, right after she gets home, the mayor calls the dean and uh, I'll play this part real quick my fault 
For Christ's sake, Carmine, how the hell can it be my fault? One of those goddamn fraternities, I guess. I don't know, but I got a pretty good goddamn idea which one. I, I'm gonna string him up by the balls, that's what I'm gonna do. That could hurt. Now, this was another part, though, that was 100% improvised because Ivan Reitman didn't like any of the writing that anyone came up with for this, this part. So they just let it go off the cuff and said, hey, print that. So, yeah, yeah. then they kept it in character, so it worked. Yeah, absolutely. She was, you know, she came home drunk and with her husband, and yeah, it definitely worked. Um, take a quick break here, Anthony. I gotta fucking race like a piss horse. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, take a quick break here, and then we'll, uh, we'll come back after I take a piss. All right. Gotcha. There you go. Quick break. Be back in a minute. All right. We are back. Appreciate that. Had to take a piss. Sorry about that. Didn't have a fucking choice, man. Had to happen. I've got fucking six beers in me, and they had to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn piss so much, I thought the toilet was going to flush itself. (laughs) Oh, all right. Anyway, um, so there you go. We get the, uh, we're going to get right back to the movie. Don't worry, guys. Right now. So, you know, after this little fiasco of a party they throw, all kinds of notices come out. There's even things in the paper, you know, Delta probation hearing and local teenager molested. Obviously, they're talking about uh, the uh, the daughter of uh, the mayor. So everyone's like, yep, had to pee that bad before two bucks. So everyone's been there before, man. But uh, yeah, so there we go. And uh, they're all there. And there is a disciplinary hearing coming up. Um, now, we said Mandy was really into Greg, if we remember. And uh, she's basically telling Greg right before this, while they're in the meeting, that, you know, you'd be surprised who you're your girl has been with very surprised just kind of laying the seeds to get to Greg, which we'll get to that part in a little bit. But this is the hearing where, Oh my God, this is one scene I could probably play most of here, but uh, you know, it shows all of them coming down dressed nicely and um, you know, they go in and again, this is a hearing. This is 1962 and uh, here we go. charges are brought. First, that the Delta House did knowingly violate the rules governing pledge recruitment by serving alcohol to freshmen during pledge week and after established drinking hours. I'd like to address these charges one at a time, if I may. You'll get your chance, smart guy. Now get on with it. Second, that for the fifth consecutive semester, Delta has achieved a deficient aggregate grade point average. Well, half the houses on campus didn't make grades last year. You will speak when you're told to speak and not before. Read. Third, that the Delta fraternity routinely provided dangerous narcotic diet pills 
to its members during... That's not true! Not another word. During midterm examination week. And, most recently, that a Roman toga party was held, from which we have received two dozen reports of individual acts of perversion. Real quick, I'm going to pause this. Now, while he's giving these facts about the toga party, the whole fraternity is basically looking around and smirking and laughing. But Belushi, once again, his face, he is just looking around the room like, yeah, we're the fucking badass fraternity in this motherfucker. It just... Belushi, and you know, you mentioned before his facial expressions in the the uh, the cafeteria scene. Here, they're even better. The looks he's giving, the eyebrows, like you've mentioned already twice so far, the eyebrows in this scene, and he does give a little glance at the camera, like, hey, yeah, that was us, that was us. <laughs> yep, 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 it was us, it was us. But uh, just Belushi, goddamn, so amazing. But uh, I'll continue with the scene. So profound and disgusting that decorum prohibits listing them here. These are the charges as recorded this day, 15 November 1962. Faithfully submitted Douglas C. Niedermeyer, Sergeant at Arms. Well done. Robert Hoover will speak on behalf of Delta House. You know, real quick before we before we go on with this, uh, Beatmix brings up something in the chat. It's weird that he's the main character talking about Belushi, and he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Uh, he didn't need dialogue in this movie to be the one of the main roles in this movie this movie had a lot of main characters Niedermeyer was a main character Kevin Bacon believe it or not turned out to be sort of a I guess you could call him a a, a sub main or a lower main character yes. um but yeah, let's not kid ourselves Belushi became a main character after the fact Going yeah. into the movie, I don't think they knew how big his role was going to be. Right, and his character was more of a the madman type, quiet kind of guy. So he he played the role. He and he, you know, I mean, we've talked, you know, tons before. You know, this we've said before. This spawns off a wrestling show, and most of the people in the chat room right now listen to the wrestling show. So I'll give this for them. You know, the facial expressions, I don't really care about them in a match, but in a movie, facial expressions mean a lot. And Belushi, John Belushi, could really pull those off. And in this movie, he proved it because, again, he played the sort of quiet kind of madman and was able to pull that off with very little dialogue and a lot of facial expressions. Yes, I mean, and I equate this. I equate his role in this movie to similar to like a I'm trying to think, uh, like an Estelle Getty on Golden Girls or a Jaleel White on uh, Family Matters. Characters that came along, they weren't meant to be anything but one-offs, or you see them every now and then. 
But when they made that first one or two appearances, like they connected with audiences, and it's like, fuck, we gotta make a role for this person, and they be- essentially became the show, or they became like the reason for people to want to tune in or stay tuned in. Right, which is why you get spin-offs of TV shows because characters on that show were very popular. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, uh, it, it's just how it happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, Belushi just absolutely unbelievable in this in in this movie with the you know the the, the facial expressions the. The, the looks he gave, his eyebrows told a story in this movie by themselves. Literally, his eyebrows had a language in this movie. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, you don't even see that type of acting no more. Mm, not really. You really don't. But yeah, Some uh, people just like, think about it. John Belushi, Lucille Ball, Jackie Gleason. Mm-hmm. As funny as they were with the dialogue, a lot of what sold them was like physical comedy facial expressions mm-hmm. oh dude I mean I mean, I know you're bringing up Jackie Gleason you're probably thinking the honeymooners but bring up Smokey and the fucking bandit he in that movie he steals the movie he takes the movie from Burt Reynolds you know if you think of that movie you don't think of a lot of Burt Reynolds quotes you think of Jackie Gleason going sum of a bitch <laughs> You know, I mean, all three of those movies, you know, the last two weren't great, but, you know, Smoking the Bandit will is another iconic movie. One day we'll get to that, because I do want to do the original. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but... Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's just sometimes supporting actors just become... They, they, they take over. Yeah. They take over. I mean, look... Jack uh, Jack Nich- uh, Nicholson got. Uh, do you know how he got like discovered? Uh, no, tell the story. He was an extra in a movie. It was like uh, I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent about like the the time or anything, but he was an extra in a movie like in a baseball stadium or something like that. And the director noticed that out of everyone in there, he was the only one actually trying to take on the part of a of a, of a fan at a you know game or something, and that's how he got noticed. And then hey, we got all these fucking the little things, yeah, going an extra mile, yeah. And then we got all these fucking amazing movies from him. I mean, thank God. So, all right, let me uh, let me continue with this. This is where uh, we, we were in the hearing. Hoover, who's the the president of the uh, Delta House, gets up to speak, and we're in the middle of all the cheering now. I don't think you can fully judge a fraternity without looking at the positive qualities of the people in it. The Delta House has a long tradition of existence to its members and to the community at large. I think we've heard enough, Mr. Chairman. I was told I'd have a chance to... That's enough. The court will now render a decision. Well, look, you said I could... Speak. He said that's it! Are you deaf? Let's finish this damn thing. Blow job! Blow job! Blow job! I don't think it's fair. I'll tell you what's fair and what's not. Leave me! Leave me! 
Tell those assholes to shut up. Hey, shut up, you assholes! Mr. President, do we have to listen to any more of this? Point of parliamentary procedure. Don't screw around. They're serious this time. All right, now just, you know, obviously you heard a different voice. I want to stop, let you know this is Otter. Getting up and being the cocky, arrogant prick he is. That sound good? Yes. Yeah, okay. There you go. I'll just play it from there. Because this, again, this is another iconic scene. Just, you know, shows the the the, the texture of the movie, if you will. So here you go. Take it easy. I'm in pre-law, man. Thought you pre-med. What's the difference? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be brief. I think he's empty. The issue here is not whether we broke a few rules or took a few liberties with our female party guests. We did. <laughs> but you can't hold a whole fraternity responsible for the behavior of a few sick, perverted individuals. For if you do, then shouldn't we blame the whole fraternity system? And if the whole fraternity system is guilty, then isn't this an indictment of our educational institutions in general? I put it to you, Greg. Isn't this an indictment of our entire American society? Well, you can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Gentlemen! You're not walking out on this one, mister. You're finished. No more Delta. You bought it this time, Buster. I'm calling your national office. I'm going to revoke your charter. And if you wise guys try one more thing, one more, I'm going to kick you out of this college. No more fun of any kind. And Dean Wormer wasn't bullshitting. The next scene, they are literally taking everything out of the frat house. Uh, Belushi is beside himself here in this. Um, one guy walks out with a case of booze and drops it. Belushi looks like he's about to cry. Matter of fact, he is literally about to cry. <laughs> um you know, they are taking everything out of these guys' house. A cow. Not sure where the cow comes from. No one does. But uh, they're taking the cow out. And yeah. um, in this scene, uh, Tim Matheson, Otter, pulls up to the, the place and they're taking it out. He grabs a bottle of Jack Daniels and throws it over to Belushi. Belushi proceeds to chug the whole bottle. Popeye style. Yes, and to everyone's question, yes, that's iced tea. It was part of keeping him sober for this movie. That is iced tea he's drinking. I got to admit, when I when I first saw this movie, I wondered what that was because I I I didn't see this movie till I was probably seventeen or eighteen years old. Huh. I mean, I was three years old when this movie came out. Wow, so by the time you saw it, probably was a good 10, 15 years old. Yeah, and my parents are not fans of comedy movies. Um, 
believe it or not, my dad is a huge horror fan. Uh, and you're not. Wow. Uh, I, I never cared for him. Maybe that's why, because I, when I was sitting there watching him with my dad, I'm like, look, she fell just like the other girl did. What the fuck? This is stupid. Stupid. So maybe I just got soured on him, but uh, they don't like comedies like this. Matter of fact, my dad thought this was one of the worst movies ever. He hates this movie. So I saw this movie when I was about, I believe I was 17 years old when I finally saw this movie. <clears throat> I've watched it numerous times since. I mean, probably hundreds of times since. But uh, just a you know just just a great movie. But I've always wondered what the hell was he drinking to chug it like that? It was iced tea. And again, like I said, that was part of uh, Reitman and the uh, the crew trying to keep this guy as sober as possible. <clears throat> but um, yeah, he chugs the bottle. Now they don't know what to do, and uh, the first thing they do is Kent Dorfman has his brother's nice car. I'm not sure what kind of car that is, but. <laughs> It's got suicide doors, which were huge in the 60s. Uh, suicide doors, obviously, both of them opened into each other, uh, front and back seat. But, yeah, they decide to go to a uh, a college and pick up girls, but not the usual way. Otter has actually found an obituary in the paper and decides to go up to the school and see if he can get any girls from the sympathy and says he's the girl's fiance and doesn't know she died so that's what he does he goes up there and uh they actually and it's 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 otter boone pinto and flounder so that's the four guys that are with him and you know they go into the call tim matheson or uh uh, Otter walks into the college and plays his little game like he doesn't know the girl died. And, you know, oh, by the, you know, the girl walks down and tells him what happened. And he's like, you know, I shouldn't be alone tonight. And she brings along four dates for him, uh, his friends. They see that Otis, uh, Otis Day and the Nights are playing at a bar and they walk in. They're the only white people at the bar, and Otis has no fucking clue who they are. <laughs> All right? <laughs> um, but, you know, the girls are scared. They're scared. Uh, there's, yeah. you know, guys with knives and everything. And, uh, yeah. you know, Peter Riegert's doing everything. He's trying. You know, he's like, oh, Otis is going to love us. Wait till he sees us. But he doesn't even know who the fuck they are. Um, they do get scared off. But before they get scared off, Eric again, Otter, is playing the role. He walks outside and he's like, I'm so sad. I just I just I just I just need need something and you know, she's the the, the girl he's with just starts making out with him. You know, they eventually go back and he's got her top off. Again, we see some titty in this movie again. And uh this is right where the uh the guys get scared off right after someone comes up and asks to dance with their dates. And once they rip the table off of the bolts, 
That's when they run. Matter of fact, here we go right here. Give me two seconds here. Do you mind if we dance with your dates? Why no, not at all. Go right ahead. If I was in your shoes, I'd be uh, leaving. What a good idea. I think every good teenage slash college comedy has a leaving from a bar slash party in a rush scene. And it should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's obviously kind of paying homage cause, to this movie when they do it. But yeah, most of them have it. They end up back at the. Uh, they finally end up. Uh, the guys end up, you know, driving back to the school. And. Um, give me one minute. I'll actually play this part because it's a really good part. And it's actually part of our intro. Uh, when they do end up back. But before that. We were saying that uh, one of the girls has a crush on Greg. And uh, let's go ahead and play that part real quick in just a second here. Hey, you know where Mandy is? She was supposed to come over to help make tea. You sure don't, Greg. Well, she said she was just going to wash her hair. That's typical. Just when we're doing something important. Greg, I hate to see him make such a chump out of you. What are you saying? I'm saying that Mandy and Eric Stratton are having an affair. But I love you, Greg. That's why I had to tell you. All right. So he comes up with a little plan. Um, and by the way, I so we sort of skipped over this, but uh, there's a parade coming up and I'll all the fraternities are getting floats together. Um, Delta was not allowed to put a float in the the, the parade. And uh, probably needed to mention that because that will come up in the movie later. But uh, there you go. So we see what Babs did there. She actually ends up, uh, you know, like I said, she tells Greg everything. And Greg comes up with a little plan. Uh, his plan is to have Babs, which is the worst, I mean, holy fucking preppy name. But uh, before that, I want to play the scene where they just, all the guys just get back to the fraternity house. And Dorfman's flipping out because his brother's car that was in mint condition is all fucked up. And uh, let's go ahead and play that scene because that's uh, that's awesome. Here we go. Sleep at all at Good. I'm out of here. Katie? Yeah. Good luck.
<laughs> now, real quick, Kent Dorfman is sitting here crying because he's looking at his brother's car. Belushi is over there like a song and dance man trying to cheer him up. Um, in just a second here, I'll, I'll talk as it's going on. In just a second here, he actually grabs a bottle <clears throat> and uh, breaks it over his head. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> obviously and he had not. That head like this. Oh yeah. my god, the smile. Yeah, obviously it's not a real bottle, but he had to do that eighteen times because because Kent kept Kent Dorfman kept laughing every time he did it because of the face he made afterwards, which was kind of like he'd break the bottle over his head and be like, "Hey, cheer up." So he kept laughing, and uh, they had to do that 18 fucking times. But uh, here we go with some more words in this part, and again, part of our intro. Hey, stop hovering! When I get through with this thing, you won't even recognize it. Come on, flounder. Can't spend your whole life worrying about your mistakes. You fucked up. You trusted us. Hey, make the best of it. Maybe we can help you. That's easy for you to say. What am I going to tell Fred? I'll tell you what. I'll swear you were doing a great job taking care of his car. But you parked it out back last night. And this morning, it was gone. D-Day takes care of the wreck. We report it to the police. Your brother's insurance company buys him a new car. Will that work? Hey, it's got to work better than the truth. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. You better listen to him, Flounder. He's in pre-med. There you go now. Just leave everything to me. There you go. And the where he says, you know, my advice to you, start drinking heavily. That's the intro right there. Now... We go to the next scene, and uh, Boone was going over to his girlfriend's house, which is played by Karen Allen, Katie, and um, we get a little ass shot of her in this movie. Yeah, she was uh, a classy one in the movie. She was, but we do get a little ass shot of her, and she was reluctant to do the ass shot in this movie until Donald Sutherland says, I'll do it if you will. So the only reason we get to see her ass at all in this movie is because Donald Sutherland said he'll show his ass if she'll show hers. <laughs> so there you go. Now, the reason we see Donald Sutherland is when Boone walks in, Katie's sort of startled, like, uh, you should have told me you were coming over. She's actually banging the professor. Uh, this Aww. is... This is the professor that was they were all smoking pot with earlier. Yeah. 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 So she's actually banging him. So, you know, this is obviously Boone's little downfall. He leaves. Um, but they still have a plan. The the uh, guys over there at Delta. And again, we do get to see Donald Sutherland's ass. If anyone's interested in that, you do get to see it. Uh, but. 
we do also go back to where now we call back to where Babs was talking to Greg and there was a plan. Part of that plan was to get um, Otter to a hotel room uh, in thinking that Mandy is going to be there. Uh, he goes over to the hotel and gets his ass kicked by five guys. Uh, it's Greg and a bunch of other guys there, Anita Myers there and everything. Uh, while he's doing that, Dean Wormer gets the grades and realizes that they all failed on all their midterm uh, midterms. And then we go to the one part where Dean Wormer is lecturing all the all the uh the deltas without obviously without Otter there. But um I do want to play that part too and in about right now. Where are the other two? Stratton and Schoenstein. We looked everywhere, sir, but never mind. It doesn't matter. You gentlemen seen your midterm grades yet? Well, they're not posted yet, sir. I've seen them. Mr. Kroger, two C's, two D's, and an F. That's a 1.2 grade average. Congratulations, Kroger. You're at the top of the Delta Pledge class. <laughs> Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0. 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mr. Hoover, president of Delta House, 1.6, four C's and an F. A fine example you set. Daniel Simpson Day has no grade point average. All courses incomplete. <laughs> Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski. No. <laughs> Real quick, he goes to go to uh, Mr. Blutowski, which is, you know, Belushi, and he has two pencils stuck up his nose, <laughs> again, taking nothing seriously, just being himself. Um, so, yeah, I'll keep playing the scene, but uh, there we go. Zero point zero. Now I want you to tell Mrs. Stratton and Mr. Schoenstein exactly what I'm about to tell you now. What's that, sir? You're out. Finished at Faber. Expelled. I want you off this campus at 9 o'clock Monday morning. And I'm sure you'll be happy to know that I have notified your local draft boards and told them that you are now all, all eligible for military service. Well, out with it. Yep, he puked all over Dean Wormer. That was Kent Dorfman. He ended up puking all over her. Now, Babs is with Greg. And again, I mentioned he was a little impotent. And uh, that's not impotent. Impotent. Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. Are, 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 okay. I, are we speaking to Bonnix, Anthony? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I don't I'm wanna, kidding, too. I don't want to get thousands of emails now. Jesus Christ. 
Well, we uh, do have weaves in the chat, so. We do. We weaves can watch post. Watch We never know what weaves will post in the fucking chat. I can't read any of it. But uh, we do. We do go to the scene, and I'm going to go to. I'm just going to play some of it just for the hell of it. Oh. You know, I know. Everybody knows that Otto certainly had it coming. I don't think the Deltas will be giving us any more trouble. No. Greg, honey. Hmm? Is it supposed to be this soft? <laughs> All right. Poor Greg. Greg can't even get it up. Damn it. These goddamn Delta House guys. Bunch of tough, impotent motherfuckers. But uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd play that part for the hell of it. But, um... <clears throat> you know, they go back, we're at the fraternity house, uh, Belushi's lying on the floor, they're all sitting there like, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, and this is where uh, Otter walks in, remember he got his ass kicked, he's all beat up, he stumbles through the door, and they're all kind of in their man, which time to give it up phase and uh only one person's not and it's belushi so let's do this warmer just got our grades it kicked us out of school huh that makes sense hey what's this lying around shit well what the hell is supposed to do you moron war's over man warmer dropped the big one what over you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough... The tough get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Nobody goes. What the fuck happened to the Delta I used to know? Where's the spirit? Where's the guts? Huh? This could be the greatest night of our lives. But you're gonna let it be the worst. Oh, we're afraid to go with you, Bluto. We might get in trouble. Well, just kiss my ass from now on! Not me! I'm not gonna take this! Warmer, he's a dead man! Marmalade, dead! Niedermeyer! Dead! Bluto's right. Psychotic, but absolutely right. We gotta take these bastards. Now... Could fight him with conventional weapons. That could take years and cost millions of lives. No, no, no. No, in this case, I think we have to go all out. I think this situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. 
Let's do it. Let's do it! Go! 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 There we go. So they... they what a great fucking part, man. Yeah, it was. And it's kind of... It's funny to me how... They were basically mocking uh, inspirational speeches before they became a cliche in movies. Yes, and B makes in the chat uh, also mentions that the Billy Ocean song, when they go and get tough, the tough get going, it was not made yet. So, yes, he stole this from from uh, Belushi. <laughs> Hey, Aunt, look, you know how you know those memes on fucking Facebook about Jericho invented everything? Uh-huh. We might have to come up with a page for Animal House. There you go. Everything. There you go. They did. They invented everything. Fuck yeah, man. Um, we go to the next scene, and Larry is uh, throwing rocks at uh, the girl's house. I forget her fucking name in this movie, but anyway. He's throwing rocks at her window trying to get her up, and he does wake her up. She comes comes down they kind of uh go start making out and uh he decides to kind of come clean and tell her the truth that he's actually never had sex before and she decides to come clean and tell him the truth that she's only 13 years old yeah not 15 not 16 13. So, again, just a weird part in the movie. Uh, but obviously they have a plan. The Deltas have a plan. Hoover is, uh, you know, in the next scene and he's sneaking in. The parade is happening. Floats are going down. And, um, you know, floats are going down the road. <clears throat> and uh, they're kind of waiting there. The mayor gives a speech with uh, Dean Wormer. He gets the the whistle to start the parade. And just in case you guys ever watch this movie and decide to see something weird, look over the shoulder of Carmine, the mayor. <clears throat> There's a guy with gray hair. Watch his facial expressions. He either has a nervous tick or there's something wrong. He's making the weirdest faces. And again, you know, you watch movies over and over and you start looking at different things. This is yeah. something recently that I noticed. Like, within the last five times of watching this movie, I've looked at that guy and been like, whoa, that's some creepy faces he's given. But his face is twitching and moving, and it's really just kind of, you know, once you do see it, you'll be like, how the hell did I not notice that? But it's 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 definitely in there. Uh, so, you know, just a little part you might want to look for when you're watching the little speech he's giving. Uh, the guy directly over the mayor's right shoulder, just fucking hilarious, just trying to act his way out. But, uh, you know, we, we go from there, the parade's happening, there's a band going down, the marching band, and all the Deltas are kind of looking shifty and devising a plan. Uh, the plan they devise is basically get everyone off of there and they cause, just wreak havoc on the parade. 
the ending obviously is um you know they they do end up actually sabotaging the parade taking it down and uh, the uh, Kent Dorfman's brother's vehicle becomes like a death machine and they ram it into the thing uh, it's it's just complete chaos in the end of the movie. I'm not quite sure if I can... Can you explain it better, Anthony? <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> it's just complete chaos. And, you know, uh, you know the, they ram the, uh, the stand that the speech is given on and, you know, Carmine. And, you know, this is where we get a little bit of the... I don't know if you remember, but movies used to actually give, like what happened in the future to some of the people in the movie. And, you know, it, it it does happen in this movie, but they do end up basically taking out everyone. Uh, even Otter gets a little bit of um, redemption on Greg. He ends up knocking him out. But uh, let me see. I'm trying to get to the part where they start telling what happens to everybody. Give me a couple seconds here. Yeah. I mean, basic, but seriously, though, <laughs> I was being a little smart-ass earlier, mm-hmm. but it's really, like, hard to explain that scene because it's a fun scene, but you really have to be seeing it and you really got to watch it to really kind of, like, nothing we can say can really do it justice. No, no, you know, you definitely need to watch this, and I can't play it because it's just all, you have to see it, but, you know, Otter gets out with his black eye, taps Greg, knocks, knocks him out, and that's actually where it starts going through the futures greg it actually says his future is uh nixon white house aide raped in prison 1974 Uh, they show boone and boone it says eric stratton 1963 year he graduated gynecologist beverly hills california (laughs) so that's that one uh, then they keep going, you know, everyone's getting out of the, uh, the car and this and that. While they're doing that, no, Niedemeyer is pulling ah. real bullets out and shooting at people, basically whoever he can find. Kent Dorfman, basically, is who he's shooting at, though. Um, Dorfman was about to shoot a seltzer bottle in his face, and the bottle gets shot out. But uh, Niedermeyer gets picked up by a, uh, a float. It says, uh, killed in uh, Vietnam in 1963 by his own troops. <laughs> a little friendly fire. Uh, Kent Dorfman, sensitivity trainer in Counter Groups of Cleveland, Incorporated, 1966, he graduated. Uh, D-Day, it actually says that no one knows where the hell D-Day is. He ends up taking off in a cop car, but no one knows where the hell he is. Um, who else do they give? Boone. Boone is about to be arrested, but Katie saves him by saying there's someone else being a uh, uh, woman screaming for help down the street. And, oh no, they're, they're loitering the food king, and they run down there. And uh, it shows that... Uh, they were married and then divorced. Give me one second. It'll tell you what year. Uh, Boone and Katie married 1964, divorced 1969. And then Blutowski, obviously, uh, is sitting there and he sees Mandy. He jumps down to save her. It doesn't jump down, but he swings down, saves her, throws her in the car. 
And uh, turns out they were actually uh, ended up married, and he ended up being a su- successful businessman. So that's pretty much all they do. But uh, you know that that's really the end of the movie. But again, this is you know the first. Oh wait a minute! I did want to show something. I did want to mention one thing here. Now, in the right after they uh, Blutowski throws the one girl in the car, Babs is outside the car. And they say that she works at Universal Studios. Ah. Okay. Um, it, she's a tour guide for Universal Studios. Now, give me one minute here. Not a minute, a couple seconds here. And uh, basically what happens is there used to be something called... Hold on one second here. There used to be something called Ask for Babs. And if you would go to Universal Studios and say, you know, and and say, hey, is Babs here? They would actually give you either free entry or a discount. They stopped that in 1989 because people were taking advantage of it. So for almost 10 years, you could ask for Babs. It was an advertisement that said, ask for Babs, and you would either get free entry or a discount, depending on you know what year it was and when the offer was going on. So there actually was a Universal Studios thing when this movie was happening. Pretty cool how they did that, though. You could literally say, hey, you know, is Babs here? And they would give you a free entry or shit pretty cool so you know that was that and uh pretty much that that's pretty much that's the movie all the trivia that was meaningful to the movie i gave you while the movie was going on so i don't even have trivia to give you guys like all the did you know stuff but uh i don't know man this movie so anthony could this movie be made today? Yes or no? Remade today? No, no. No, no way. Okay. Like, just, I mean, no possible way? I mean, they could remake it, but it would be, it, it would just be watered down. They would, I don't think it would be, it wouldn't have the same substance. Because even though this was like a comedy, basically, mm-hmm. a sex comedy for the 70s, it still had like a certain layer of, uh, I don't know, what. how am I trying to put this shit? Had it had a it had a certain um heart to it, mm-hmm. and you and you really can't you can't really like um you can't duplicate Belushi. No, you 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 can't like I I, I can't even name anybody that could play his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I couldn't either. I couldn't even think of anyone to play that role. The only one person you can think of, and he's gone too. It's called it's it's Chris Farley. Oh shit! It was and he would have been like, he would he would have been like the closest. He would have nailed it. Now I remember I, I said I didn't know what car that was. It's actually just a 1964 Lincoln sedan is the name of it. 1964 Lincoln. So that's the car. The body style was not introduced in the top in the year that this movie came out. Actually, so you know, little little flaw in the movie, but who knew? So, I don't know, man, but this this movie is just one of those iconic comedies. 
just unbelievable. It's, uh, like I said, it was one of the movies I always heard my, I heard people talking about, but never really watched it until I was older. But when I did, man, I was, I was hooked. Soon as I watched it, I was hooked. Now, I guess, I mean, it's who, who knows how uh, things would have turned out had he lived, but do you think with the success of the first one, you, you ever think they ever seriously considered doing like a sequel? I don't know. Or you know, or you think this is better as like a standalone movie? Definitely better standalone uh, movie. Um, like you said, there's people in this movie that can't be replaced. Uh, Belushi cannot be replaced in this in this movie or in this role. Uh, a second one, I don't see it, and I no, no. I hope. I don't even know if they ever thought about it, but I hope not. Now, when I say second one, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe, like, if they had a, came up with one in uh, 81, 82. No. Even back then, you don't think they could? They should have did it? No, I don't think so. And, and you know, if you, if you really look, National Lampoon's didn't really want to do sequels back then. They wanted, to, I mean, they may have used Chevy Chase... I got the hiccups, excuse me. Um, <laughs> in three different movies, but they weren't sequels per, per se. They were continuations, if you yeah. will. You know, hard to call them sequels. European Vacation was probably a sequel. I could go with that. But, you know, Christmas Vacation I didn't consider a sequel. It was kind of its own movie, you know. It just happened to have the same characters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about tits a lot tonight. We should give an honorable mention to fucking Beverly D'Angelo from uh, the original Vacation, which we have to get to one day. That I still have a VHS of the original Vacation. That is an iconic fucking scene, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, she's and she's still not that bad today. I mean, she was in uh, I know it was a while ago, but American History uh, X. She was in that, and she's made uh, she was recently in in um, Shooter, Shooter, that new show that yeah. uh, that's out right now. So uh, I don't know, man, but. Uh, I got the hiccups, which means I'm either drunk or tired. Or both. <laughs> so, movie's good. We're good. And I say we wrap the fuck up. What do you think, man? Yes. All right. Go watch this ASAP. Watch this If you this have not movie. seen it. But who the fuck hadn't seen Animal House at this point? I know. I mean, the movie was made in 1970. If you haven't seen this movie by by now, please get up. Go go watch it. It may be on Netflix. Yeah, and even even if you don't have any means to watch it, you can find it. Trust me. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely go seek this movie out. Uh, you can catch me and Anthony every, every Friday night, most Friday nights, right here on Mixler.com slash THT podcast. God damn these hiccups. And uh, you can catch me and Shaheen Wednesday nights, same same place on uh, THD Wrestling Podcast. 
9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday nights, and catch uh, Jay and Shaheen. They're usually on Sundays right around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Mixler.com slash THD Podcast. And on that note, I think we are out of here. My hiccups suck. Anthony, appreciate it, man. Just so you're not alone, (laughs) see you next week, folks. Later. Oh, God damn it. All right. Now you're just being a fucking asshole. All right. Anyway. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Bitch. Later. Fuck off. Peace. <laughs> Later. <laughs>